The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to the week 8 edition of Falato's Fantasy Corner where we dive into some of the important fantasy statistics along with my rankings for the week 8 slate of games. As of right now, it's Thursday afternoon and two teams have had COVID issues this week. The Chargers and the Giants. Yes, our beloved Giants had a positive test that forced the majority of the offensive line into quarantine, all but four, from uh, I believe Tom Pelissero tweeted that. Starting guard Will Hernandez reportedly tested positive and the Giants are executing measures to ensure there isn't a spread. Purportedly, Hernandez was not with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard and some of the younger Giants in the city on Friday where the players grabbed some food and some drinks in a private bar and they were caught on camera without masks on. A lot of people were kind of freaking out about that. And then once you kind of dug deeper into the story, it seemed like the Giants were invited into private parts and they weren't just out clubbing and being absolutely reckless. But regardless, this isn't great news. And if more positive tests arise and things may get interesting because the Giants are the Monday night football game. We saw something similar last week when arguably the best game of the year, Arizona and Seattle, was flexed into Sunday night football over Tampa Bay and the Raiders, which was obviously great for the viewer because that Arizona-Seattle game was amazing. It was a great comeback by Arizona, a lot of changes in the lead of the game, and it was arguably one of the best games this season. But as of right now, There isn't going to be, or at least it doesn't seem like there's going to be a change to this Monday Night Football game with Tampa Bay. But as we all know, that is subject to change because things are very fluid and nothing is really certain in this COVID world. I haven't heard the name of the player who reportedly tested positive for the Chargers. So all of this is, of course, more situations to monitor. You want to see what's going on with the Chargers. You want to see what's going on with the Giants. Are these false positives? We don't really know all of that quite yet. And I'm sure from when you're listening to this till Sunday, there'll be more positive tests around the league that pop up, crop up, and these teams are going to have to handle it. It's going to be a weekly thing, but that's just kind of the nature of the world that we're in. So let's kind of dive into the quarterback rankings. Start with the quarterbacks. First, let's go through the teams that are by in week eight. It's the Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, Washington football team, and the Houston Texans. So those are the bye week teams. There's no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins. You're not having your Gardner Minshews, who is reportedly dealing with some thumb injuries that were 
kind of uncovered through this bye week. I think they did some tests on his thumb and they realized he has ligament damage there. I'm not sure to the extent of what that means, if he's going to require surgery, if he can play through it. But that kind of does explain why Gardner Minshew hasn't been all that great, other than the fact that he was a six-round pick. And obviously the football team and the Texans as well. Anybody you own from those teams will be by. Please monitor your rosters. Quarterbacks. Number one quarterback this week, easy. Patrick Mahomes versus the New York Jets. I guess the concern in this game that you think, and it could happen, is that Clyde edwards Lair will score like two touchdowns on the ground. Le'Veon Bell might score a touchdown on the ground. They'll go up 21-0 and not have to throw the football all that much. But I think in the first half of this game, you might just have Patrick Mahomes who has 20 fantasy points, and then whatever you get in the second half is just going to be, you know, extra goodness, really, because this is the New York Jets. This is the hapless football team. This is Patrick Mahomes. We haven't had that Mahomes just blow up type of game quite yet. We had a couple... Really nice come-from-behind victories earlier on. You had the one game where Pat Mahomes in the first half had about 20 fantasy points, and he didn't really do anything in the second half of that uh, specific game against the Las Vegas Raiders, which actually ended up being a loss. So the positive game script for fantasy points didn't even really help because Paul Gunther and that Raiders defense really clamped them down. I remember talking about that on this podcast a little bit ago, but Patrick Mahomes against the New York Jets, not going to overthink it. That's my number one quarterback. If you have him, you're going to be starting him. Right now, Pat Mahomes ranks third in fantasy points behind only Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, who are lighting the world on fire. Mahomes right now has a 16 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, and he's Pat Mahomes for a reason. Number two, Aaron Rodgers versus Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers has been playing like the Aaron Rodgers we thought he was this season. Last year, we saw a bit of a fantasy regression. They went to a much more run-dominated team with Aaron Jones, and the team had success. They went 13-3. and I thought they were fraudulent, but they still went 13-3. and But against Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to cook. We saw that in week one. What happened? Aaron Rodgers went out and dropped 35 fantasy points on Minnesota. That was at Minnesota. This one is in Green Bay. Expect Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, and Aaron Jones, if he plays, to have good games. Minnesota's defense can't stop anything. They have not been able to get right. And they just traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens during the bye week. So Minnesota is just not a team that you want to be relying on from a defensive standpoint. And on this season, they rank about 10th in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. And that's mainly due to a couple games where they're team was able to clamp down against the Colts when they were playing the corpse of Phillip Rivers. So Aaron Rodgers, if you have him, you're rolling him out there. Russell Wilson is third versus San Francisco, gets to host San Francisco. His team is somewhat beat up. Chris Carson is a game time decision. If he's healthy and he's playing, play him. He's somebody who usually plays through these kind of injuries. Carlos Hyde has some hamstring tightness. It's not exactly sure what's going on there. And then Travis Homer's also dealing with injuries. So their running back situation's a little bit, uh, just unpredictable at the moment, which could lead to just a lot more passing, a lot more Tyler Lockett, a lot more DK Metcalf against San Francisco's defense, who's been solid against quarterbacks, who's been solid this year, as we know how San Francisco's defense can be. Right now, San Francisco's defense is towards the bottom half of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, but that doesn't really matter because this is Russell Wilson, and this is a Russell Wilson who's probably going to be throwing the football in this game. So this should be another high fantasy points allowed kind of game, especially because Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks by kind of a wide margin, too. So that speaks to Jimmy G, who we'll get into in a little bit. Tom Brady is my four at the New York Giants. Tom Brady, the last two weeks, has had two fantastic fantasy matchups. He just keeps lighting the world on fire through for over 300 yards, four touchdowns last week in 
Las Vegas absolutely torched the Green Bay Packers with the help from his defense, with the help from Ronald Jones and that running game. But Tom Brady has been playing like a 30-year-old Tom Brady. And if you watch his passes, yeah, he doesn't have, I guess you could say, the same arm strength, but he still has velocity. He still has a lot of arm strength. He looks good out there. Tom Brady has been balling. Number five, Lamar Jackson versus Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson last year against Pittsburgh was not that great. He played him the one game. He had one touchdown, threw three interceptions, couldn't get a lot going on the ground, but that doesn't mean he's not going to have success this week. Just because he's playing against Pittsburgh's defense, which is a really good defense, don't let it, don't overthink it and go and start some scrub over someone like Lamar Jackson. If you have Lamar Jackson, you're going to be playing Lamar Jackson. This season, he's been a fantasy disappointment because he was probably the first quarterback drafted in your league and you probably overdrafted him as well but right now Lamar Jackson in terms of fantasy points per game he ranks 13th which isn't ideal and that's accounting for the bye week as well he's 16th with the bye week kind of grouped in he's just not doing as much through the air now if it wasn't for two 40 plus yard touchdown runs you're very very frustrated because he's averaging less than 200 yards a game through the air that obviously is something that's going to have to change they went into the bye week they put a focus on it they upgraded their defense and they also tried to upgrade their offense (laughs) they they signed des bryant we'll see how that kind of goes over and hopefully this i know lamar's been dealing with injuries hopefully he can kind of stabilize himself you could tell that offense is missing marshall yonda who retired last last year mark ingram's dealing with an injury so you hope they kind of write themselves not the best week to write yourself hosting pittsburgh but you're going to be playing him six justin herbert at denver herbert has been playing out of his mind he really has justin herbert right now ranks fourth in the league in fantasy points per game at the position and remember he's like 15th in total because he didn't start week one and he had a bye week but for every game that he started he has, averages about 25 fantasy points a game in four-point touchdown leagues. He has 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, just over 1,500 yards passing. He's been on fire right now. When he gets Denver, Denver, they're getting a little bit healthier on defense with players like A.J. Bouye coming back. They still got guys like Justin Simmons. They're a solid group, but their last two games, they played New England, and New England's offense is really, really nuts, and they dominated New England. And they also played Kansas City in the snow, so it's kind of hard to gauge exactly how good they are. Now they get to play in Denver again against Justin Herbert, a young quarterback. This is a Vic Fangio-led defense. They're going to try everything in the book to confuse this kid, and we're going to really see how good he is with his back against the wall. So there's a little bit of letdown potential there. But I'm still embedding on the kid. I'm betting on the skill set. I'm betting on the arm talent of Justin Herbert. He comes in at six, seven. Josh Allen versus New England. Eight. Ryan Tannehill at Cincinnati. Nine. Carson Wentz versus Dallas. The concern there is that the Eagles take a 21 to three lead and then just run the football out. But Carson Wentz is throwing the football at an astronomical rate right now. He's third in the league. 278 pass attempts right now. He has just over 1,700 yards, 10 interceptions, 10 touchdowns. He sacked the most in the league, more than even Daniel Jones. Him and Joe Burrow are tied for being sacked at 28. And then you have Deshaun Watson, Gardner Minshew, and Daniel Jones all at 22 and 20. But uh, Carson Wentz, Sunday Night Football, I expect him to have a good game against a Dallas team that can't stop anything right now. So moving past Carson Wentz, we have Teddy Bridgewater, who plays Thursday Night Football. You will know. By the time you're listening to this, 
what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. 11, Joe Burrow versus Tennessee. I think Tennessee's defense is going to try to really come out with a hair on fire. And I can see Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, as we went over a little bit ago, really getting a lead, which is going to force Joe Burrow to throw the football a lot. And that's what Joe Burrow does. And Joe Burrow's offensive line is already dealing with injuries. Hopefully, Jonah Williams plays in this game. Bobby Hart is dealing with an injury, and he's, yes, he's a starter for them. I know that's gross, but that's actually true. I think Joe Burrow is going to have to throw the football a ton. You just hope that their protection of Cincinnati's offense is enough to hold this kid up because that is definitely scary. And we haven't seen much from Jadavian Clowney with Tennessee, but I think this could be a game where he actually gets a couple sacks here. He gets a really beat-up offensive line. I still think at the end of the day, Joe Burrow will come away with a solid fantasy output. Last week, we all know that he did. 12, Matt Ryan at Carolina. You'll know by the time you listen to this. 13, Derek Carr at Cleveland. And 14, Jimmy Garoppolo at Seattle. Now, Derek Carr, actually last week, he started the game really hot against a really good defense, but it just ended up floundering down the stretch. Cleveland gives up the fifth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. I expect that game to be sneaky high scoring, despite the fact that both teams are going to want to run the football, but I could also see the quarterbacks kind of hitting on big plays because both those defenses are somewhat susceptible to the big play. Then Jimmy Garoppolo, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position. I don't expect that to change. I think Jimmy G is going to be able to throw. It just comes down to, is Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne enough from the receiver position when the uh, Seattle defense is going to focus all of their attention on stopping George Kittle and the rushing attack? Because Debo Samuel is hurt in this game. It doesn't look like he's going to play, but I don't want to be quoted on that, but I know he got hurt. It looks like he may not play. This could be a huge Brandon Ayuk game. Obviously, you got George Kittle, who's going to probably smash as well. And then you looking at guys like Kendrick Bourne. You're hoping that they step up. I think it's a possibility. That's why he comes in at 14. A quarterback, usually, typically, on a team that wants to run the football, that you don't really view in a top 15 quarterback every week. But you look at the running back situation there, too. Tevin Coleman has, hasn't been declared off of IR yet. Doesn't look like he's going to play in the game. Even if he does, how ready is he? It might be the Jermichael Hasty show. So it's a lot of uncertainty there, and whatever San Francisco running back ends up playing, I would if they look like they're going to dominate touches, which is kind of hard to predict. It doesn't seem like Jarek McKinnon's that guy. He gets the third down roll, but I don't think they want to overwork him after they had to when Raheem Mostert got hurt earlier in the season. But those running backs could could be set for sort of a nice fantasy day against Seattle. 15, I have Baker Mayfield versus Las Vegas. He loses Odell Beckham, and it seems like he does better. It's wild, but his stats with Rashard Higgins are just better from an efficiency standpoint than they are with Odell Beckham Jr. And Las Vegas, as we saw last week, got torched by Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield is no Tom Brady. But I can see Mayfield having a solid day here. Then Matt Stafford versus Indianapolis. Jared Goff at Miami. Cam Newton versus Buffalo. Kirk Cousins at Green Bay in a shootout type of scenario. And then Ben Roethlisberger at Baltimore. Roethlisberger last week threw three picks against Tennessee. It was a pretty disappointing fantasy game from him he hasn't been great the last couple of matchups I guess you could say but he's somebody that is Ben Roethlisberger he's very familiar with the Baltimore Ravens defense and what Wink Martindale wants to do I wouldn't want to start him I would try to get away from him especially in one quarterback leagues but if it is two quarterback leagues you got to do what you got to do for the rest of my quarterback rankings please go and check them out at Big Blue View let's move on to the running back position
The number one running back on the week is Derrick Henry. He currently ranks fourth in fantasy points per game and half-point PPR leagues as of right now. But this week at Cincinnati, I believe Tennessee is going to want to come out. They're going to want to run the football. They're going to work the play action. I think Johnny Smith will also get involved. And I think Tennessee will be able to establish themselves against this Cincinnati defense that isn't terrible against running backs according to fantasy points per game down the bottom half. But I think Derrick Henry will be able to buck that trend, especially, like I said, Carlos Dunlap is no longer there. I think uh, this could be a very smash spot for Derrick Henry. After him, number two, I have Alvin Kamara at Chicago. Kamara is essentially a wide receiver. He gets so many just dump-offs, and Chicago is another defense that is pretty stout against the run. But he, Alvin Kamara, is not exactly just that type of running back. He ranks... Second in fantasy points per game, but he's only behind Christian McCaffrey, so that really doesn't count because McCaffrey only played one and a half games. That's why he has 23.1 fantasy points per game. But Alvin Kamara ranks second with 20.7, and he's going to have his, what, 10 targets in this game, possibly catch eight or nine of them. He's going to get at least 10 carries, if not more in this game, so you got to love Alvin Kamara. Three, Aaron Jones versus Minnesota if he plays. Now, if he doesn't play, I think Jamal Williams could slide somewhere in this top 10 because Jamal Williams, as we saw last week, did a really good job against Houston. Houston's defense is really bad against running backs. Minnesota's defense is not great against running backs either. So this could be a really good spot for Aaron Jones if he's healthy. He had a calf injury. He traveled with the team, so he had a possibility of playing, but he did not end up playing. Number four, Kareem Hunt versus the Raiders are going to try and establish the run. That's the identity of the Browns. I still think, like I said, they can hit the big play. But I think Kareem Hunt might also find some fantasy goodness on the ground, maybe fall into the end zone, maybe have a receiving touchdown like he's prone to have as well. So I love Kareem Hunt. Comes in my top five. Dalvin Cook, if he's healthy, he's another one that I also love this week at Green Bay. Green Bay has been giving up fantasy points to the running back position as well. Green Bay ranks right now at the top of the leaderboard of giving fantasy points to the running back position. They average 35.6 fantasy points to that position. So if Dalvin Cook does not play, which it looks like he is, and Alexander Madison, who very, very well might be on your free agent wire right now because they're coming out of a bye week, he's definitely an insurance ad to kind of feel it out right now. But I think Cook will end up playing. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott at Philadelphia. Look, Zeke has uh, has definitely struggled the last couple weeks with no Dak Prescott. The Eagles are a team that have been solid against running backs. Wayne Gallman was able to kind of carve out some yardage against them in some key spots of that Eagles game on Thursday night football with the Giants. But Zeke's going to get those dump offs, especially if somebody like Andy Dalton or even Ben DiNucci's play. They're going to dump the ball off. And he's going to get the work. And that's why you like someone like Ezekiel Elliott. He comes at 6. 7, Mike Davis versus Atlanta. Thursday Night Football. 8, Clyde Edwards-Elair versus the New York Jets. And the Jets are the Jets. They're a hapless team. The Jets give up about the ninth most fantasy points to the running back position. This is a large home lead for the Kansas City Chiefs. They are favored by a lot in this game, which is usually good for the game script of running backs and Clyde Edwards Alaire, I feel like he's been solid all year. He's let some people down just because he hasn't been getting the touchdowns. He had one last week, could have had two, dropped the receiving touchdown. I think him and Le'Veon Bell, the Chiefs are gonna get Le'Veon Bell a touchdown to 
rub it in his old team's face as well. I think that's definitely going to happen. But I think Clyde Edwards Alaire comes in my top 10. Confident with that. Josh Jacobs at Cleveland is nine. Another player just gets a ton of work. Like we've already talked about that game script. You know they're gonna try to establish run 10. Jonathan Taylor at Detroit. I think Jonathan Taylor is somebody who's been steady all year, hasn't exactly blown the door off of anybody any of these teams hasn't had that blow-up game that explosiveness that he kind of showed at Wisconsin hasn't necessarily come through he's been a running back too I guess you could say but he has the opportunity he's been much more efficient than Naheem Hines he's been much more efficient than Jordan Wilkins and I think going into the bye the Colts realize this I think Taylor will continue to be used similarly hopefully they get him a little bit more involved in the receiving game he's been targeted 17 times and he has 16 catches on those 17 targets for over 160 yards i think you try to get him a little bit more involved there get him going and i think we might be seeing just a little bit more of someone like jonathan taylor in a plus matchup despite it being on the road at detroit 11 todd Gurley at carolina thursday night football hey maybe he'll fall into the end zone again by accident and totally ruin his team's chances of securing a win 12 miles gaskin versus the rams I'm curious to see how Gaskin is going to be used with Tua. I don't see it being scaled back at all, I, unless Tua just decides to keep airing it out and he doesn't get as many targets. But I still think Gaskin is low-key a really good fantasy asset going forward because of the target share and the workload that he has on the ground, especially with Jordan Howard, who's getting scratched now, which is awesome for anybody who owns Gaskin. 13, Melvin Gordon the third verse. The Chargers at home, they're going to try to just feed Melvin Gordon because Philip Lindsay is still dealing with concussion type of issues. And the Chargers have been a middling defense against the run. They give up 28.3 fantasy points per game, and they're at home. So that's Denver. So I, I think this is a pretty solid matchup right here for Melvin Gordon. 14 would be Giovanni Bernard versus Tennessee, and that's only if Joe Mixon doesn't play. If Joe Mixon plays, and you got to put Joe Mixon up here, and he would be bumped up a couple spots purely on talent. 15, Boston Scott. Versus Dallas. Dallas has been just terrible all year. I mean, we just keep talking about it. They rank fifth right now in fantasy points given to the running back position. Boston Scott, he didn't necessarily have a great game last week. He had the game-winning touchdown, though. He's going to get the workload. Philadelphia is going to sprinkle in a little Corey Clement here. You know, a little undrafted rookie there. They're going to do that. But I, I like Boston Scott's chances at home in a favored game against a team that may have a kid who used to start at JMU starting and even if they have Andy Dalton I still don't like that because Andy Dalton hasn't shown anything other than his two drives against the New York Giants towards the end of their game so I do like Boston Scott 16 James Connor at Baltimore Baltimore stout defensively Connor's going to get some catches if you have him you're starting him unless you have a bunch of really good running backs on your team but there are there is some concern there I guess you could say and there's always the chance that Benny Snell is going to come in and take a within of inside the five carry in for six which is just so frustrating 17 daryl henderson jr at miami 18 deandre swift first indianapolis 19 ronald jones is second at the giants and 20 david montgomery first new orleans if you guys want the rest of the rankings i'll just go through it real quick 21 is jermichael hasty at seattle 22 Le'Veon bell versus the jets 23 leonard fournette at the new york giants 24 justin jackson at denver 25 devin singletary versus new england 26, Carlos Hyde versus San Francisco. 27, Damian Harris at Buffalo. 28, Jarek McKinnon at Seattle. 29, J.K. Dobbins versus Pitt. 30, Jamal Williams versus Minnesota. That's with Aaron Jones playing. 31, LaMichael P. Ryan at Kansas City. And 32, Joshua Kelly at Denver. 
Before we get into our wide receivers, let's take a minute to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Before we dive right into the wide receiver position, I want to go over a little update on the Giants offensive line situation. There are four offensive linemen that were at practice today, and that is Kevin Zeitler, Matt Parrott, Reserve tackle Jackson Barton and rookie practice squad interior offensive lineman Kyle Murphy, who went to Rhode Island. Shout out to Joe DeLeon. But that's not great, right? Joe Judge came out afterwards and he said that he envisions everybody passing through the protocols. He doesn't think there's going to be any kind of super spread from... Will Hernandez. So he thinks he's going to have Nick Gates and Andrew Thomas and all the other linemen who have to kind of quarantine because of contact tracing with Will Hernandez. But hopefully it's just Will Hernandez and um, that's just comes down with this. I mean, hopefully it's a false positive, really, but hopefully it's not a super spreader type of event going through the Giants' offensive line before they have to go and face one of the best defensive fronts. So that's a quick update on the New York Giants and what's going on there. So on to the wide receivers. Number one, Devontae Adams versus Minnesota. Devontae Adams has been an absolute beast when he's healthy. He missed a couple games because of the hamstring injury right now. He's been targeted 46 times. He's caught in 36 of them for 449 yards and four touchdowns this season. Aaron Rodgers' favorite target by far doesn't even come close. And he gets targeted at an insane rate when he's available. Week one. He had 17 targets. Week two, got injured. Missed week three, missed week four, five, he had a bye week. Week six, he had 10 targets. Last week, he had 16 targets. Absolute beast. That's why he's number one. Number two would be Tyler Lockett versus San Francisco. Look, Tyler Lockett had 20 targets last week. That's insane. But that doesn't happen all the time for someone like Tyler Lockett. In the games prior to that, Tyler Lockett had five targets 
and four targets other than the bye week. And then his other smash game this season was when he had 13 targets. He's so efficient when you target him a lot, he does work. And with this shaky running game, especially if Chris Carson does not play in this game, which is a possibility, I love Tyler Lockett in this game. And it doesn't, it's not because San Francisco has a bad defense. San Francisco's defense is very, very good. I mean, Robert Sala calls a great game. I think Jason Verrett, who is a smaller corner, may be matched up on someone like DK Metcalf. I could see them doing cloud. I could see that creating one-on-one matchups in the slot against Mosley for Tyler Lockett. And I think that could lend Tyler Lockett to having another good game. So that's why I like Tyler Lockett a lot. Number three, Calvin Ridley at Carolina. That's a Thursday night football game. You'll know what happens by this point. Four, A.J. Brown at Cincinnati. A.J. Brown, since he's come back from his injuries from the bye week, has been nothing short of spectacular. He's been doing great work, scoring multiple touchdowns in some games. Last week, he almost led the Titans to come back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a big catalyst to that comeback, but Goskowski missed the field goal to end the game. But A.J. Brown is another player. I don't believe Cincinnati's going to be able to necessarily slow him down to the level that they're going to need to if they're even able to stop the run. So if you have A.J. Brown, you're going to be playing him. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Cincinnati surrenders about 42.3 fantasy points a game to the wide receiver position. And unless you think Corey Davis is going to have a smash game, I think a good percentage of that, it's probably not going to be that much, it might not be. That's about 7th in the league, 8th in the league. But A.J. Brown is an absolute beast. 5, Tyree Kill versus New York Jets. I could see 1, maybe even 2 huge bombs to Tyree Kill, and you hope it happens earlier in the game, and they need him at that point because, like I said before, if the Kansas City Chiefs take a big lead, then he may not have to do anything in the second half, which would be unfortunate, but you're starting Tyreek Hill. Number six is Keenan Allen at Denver. I mean, Justin Herbert just loves to target Keenan Allen at a massive rate. That's why Keenan Allen right now ranks in the top 10 of targets with a bye week. He has 63 targets on the year. He had a bye week in week six, but week seven, he had 13 targets. Week two, he had two because he got injured. Remember, that was on Monday Night Football. In week four, he had 11. Week three, he had 19. Week two, he had 10. He's just been targeted like crazy by Justin Herbert, and he's healthy now. So love Keenan Allen this week at Denver. And then after Keenan Allen, we have DK Metcalf versus San Francisco. Good luck slowing this guy down. Good luck. You're going to try. You're going to throw some stuff at him. You're going to try to cloud him. You're going to do all these things. Just best of luck because DK Metcalf is an absolute freak of nature. He ranks sixth right now in fantasy points per game for the wide receiver position. And that's with a bye week. Tyler Lockett ranks second. That's with a bye week. And that's also because Tyler Lockett had a 33-point game and a 40-point game. So, you know, there's a little bit of a strangeness to the stat. But Metcalf is an absolute beast. That's why he comes in at 7. 8, Julio Jones at Carolina, Thursday night football. 9, Adam Thielen at Green Bay. I think him and Justin Jefferson could have good games against Green Bay. You're going to see Jair Alexander have to probably guard up on Thielen, and I think Thielen can win that matchup here and there, but Alexander is an absolute stud too. But you're not not starting Adam Thielen. 10, Allen Robinson the second versus New Orleans. I think this could be a great bounce-back game for him. If he's healthy, he has to pass through the concussion protocol, so please wait for that. 11, Robbie Anderson versus Atlanta, Thursday night football. 12, Kenny Galladay versus Indianapolis, a good defense, a defense coming off of the bye week. Galladay has 28 targets on the year, and that's with him missing weeks one, week two, and having a bye week in week five. 
He hasn't cracked 10 targets this year in a single game. He had 7, 8, 6, 7. That's kind of been his bugaboo. He's not uber-targeted. But a lot of these targets, A dot, it's 15 yards, 16 yards. He's targeted deep downfield, and he's really, really good in those 50-50 situations. That's why he comes in at 12. I expect a couple of those shots to be taken against this Indianapolis Colts defense. 13, DJ Moore versus Atlanta. That, again, Thursday night football. 14, Steph Diggs versus New England. It's going to get the Stephon Gilmore treatment. They're going to pay attention to him. They're going to try to stop him. That's why he's so far down here because Diggs on the season has been a complete stud. He really has, especially in terms of getting targets. He ranks third right now in targets in the league behind Amari Cooper and DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre's by this week. Amari Cooper might have Ben DiNucci throwing him the football. But Steph Diggs against New England is going to be put to, put to task. And he didn't have a great week last week despite having 11 targets against the New York Jets. Stephon Diggs, I think he's a great player. May not be the best matchup. 15, Tyler Boyd versus Tennessee. Tyler Boyd, low-key. Joe Burrow loves the guy. And Tyler Boyd never really gets the the credit he deserves for being a skilled receiver as he is. Maybe it's because he's a slot receiver. But last week, he had 13 targets. 8 the week before. 6 the week before. 8 the week before that. 13 the week before that. And that's with in an offense that has A.J. Green, who's been getting targeted more and more, and has been doing pretty well with him especially on those short A-dot-type targets, those in-breaking slants that we were talking about last week, and T. Higgins, and on an offense that runs a ton of plays, in an offense that's fast-paced, in an offense that likes to run the football when they can as well. There's a lot of opportunity there in Cincinnati. It's just, can that offensive line block? And I think a bad offensive line actually might benefit someone like Tyler Boyd because he operates in the slot, and Joe Burrow can find him very quickly, and they seem to have a very nice rapport. Number 16, Justin Jefferson at Green Bay. Like I said before, I think Alexander, Jair Alexander is going to be on Adam Thielen, which could give Justin Jefferson more of a target share. So I do like Jefferson in that game too. 17, Travis Fulgham versus Dallas. He's just been targeted a lot in the last couple games. He's been having success with Carson Wentz. And there's just been injuries and injuries for that Philadelphia receiving core in their tight end position as well. And in the last three games, he has double-digit targets. He had 13 in Week 5, 10 in Week 6, 11 last week against the Giants. So, I mean, it's not a sexy name, but he's playing Dallas, a team that can't cover anybody. I really like Fulgham this week. Prime time, too. Give you something to look forward to as you watch a crappy NFC East showdown between the Cowboys and the Eagles. 18, I have... Mike Evans at the New York Giants. Chris Godwin is injured. Tom Brady is going to be taking some shots at the end zone. Mike Evans is going to be on him to find the voids in the zone of the Patrick Graham defense and kind of win one-on-one. He might be getting the James Bradbury treatment, which is not ideal for him, but maybe they could put Evans in the slot a little bit and use him in creative ways. And you know he's very touchdown dependent. That's why he's a little bit lower here. But I still think Mike Evans will have a bigger target share than he's had in the last two weeks. 19, Amari Cooper versus Philadelphia. He's going to see Darius Slay, but he's going to see a lot of targets. Right now, Amari Cooper, even with the quarterbacks of Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci, he's getting targeted. Now, week five, he didn't because he got James Bradburyed. But week six, he had 10 targets. Last week, he had seven in a sloppy game against Washington where the offense was not in sync. So Amari Cooper's skill set have you think that he's a top 10 top 12 wide receiver right here he's down all the way at 19 just a little bit of worried about him but if you have him you don't have better options you may have to roll with them and then 20 i have cooper cup at miami yes cooper cup somewhat touchdown dependent but last game they didn't need their receivers because the chicago bears were terrible and couldn't keep up at all so he only got six targets but he had nine the week before that eight the week before that 
and they are taking deep shots with Cooper Cup. I expect them to possibly hit on some of them. He may get to go up against Nick Needham instead of Noah Igbenogany, who is a rookie, and I believe Cup could win that matchup anyways, but instead of Byron Jones, instead of Xavier Howard, they have a lot of good cornerbacks back there in Miami, but I think Cooper Cup can avoid some of those because of the way the Rams use them. But the Rams do like to slow it down a little bit. That's why I have tempered my expectations for all the Rams skill position players. That's why he's down to 20. 21, A.J. Green versus Tennessee. 22, Jamison Crowder at Kansas City. 23, Robert Woods versus Miami. 24, Brennan Ayuk. Love him this week. Start him if you have him. I know he hasn't been as consistent as you'd like, but without Debo Samuel, they're going to use him in very creative ways against the Seattle defense. It's very, very beatable. And then 25, Marquise Brown versus Pittsburgh. That one I'm a little nervous about as well. But if you want the rest of the rankings, please go to big blue view now tight ends let's roll through these really quickly because the tight end position is kind of gross i guess you could say it's definitely not one that is containing of reliable fantasy points outside of travis kelsey darren waller george kittle really hasn't been all that great outside of that but when you look at these these players my number one this week would be george kittle san francisco is going to run their offense through him good luck stopping them seattle just good luck stopping them Last week, he didn't really have to do all that much. He had seven targets. Week before, he had 10. Week before that, he had eight. Week before that, he had 15. He's going to see the target share. There's no Debo Samuel right now. George Kittle's going to smash. You're starting him. Travis Kelsey versus the Jets is two. He had three targets last week, but I expect him to be used a little bit more this week. Unless, like I said, two big bombs of Tyreek Hill, and they don't need him, but... Don't you're not benching Travis Kelsey. Three Darren Waller against the at the I guess I should say Cleveland Browns had nine targets last week and he's just a fixture of that short passing attack that Derek Carr likes to utilize. So you kind of always got to roll with someone like Darren Waller. Number four, Johnu Smith at Cincinnati. Now Smith last week was totally eliminated by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers did not allow him to beat them and it worked. So he's only had six targets in the last two weeks and that carries some concern. But I think this week, Johnny Smith is a player that you could start confidently at Cincinnati, a team that gives up the most fantasy points to the tight end position by a pretty substantial margin. They give up about 23 fantasy points a game to the tight end position, whereas Buffalo gives up about 20 fantasy points a game. And the reason Buffalo is so high is because they gave up two touchdowns to Johnny Smith earlier in this season. So you're rolling with Johnny. Five, Mark Andrews versus Pittsburgh. You're hoping for some touchdowns. That's a rough kind of situation especially with Mark Andrews because he is someone that is, I guess you could say, doesn't dominate the target share, doesn't even dominate the snap share all that much. He'll play about 60% of the snaps, but they use him in all of the great ways near the end zone that would result in fantasy points, but it is difficult against Pittsburgh's defense. I'm still rolling with him if you have him because I doubt you have better options. Six, Rob Gronkowski at the New York Giants. I actually really like Gronk this week. They've been using him much more recently it was gross and it was easy to make fun of early on in the season when he was getting one three targets a game but he has eight in the last two weeks he has eight targets in week six eight targets in week seven he had six targets in week five they're using him on deep crossing routes deep horizontal routes they're using him on back shoulder fades in the end zone and he's someone you can start relatively confidently right now against the new york giants a team that struggled against logan thomas they relatively they've been good against the tight end position i think we can argue they struggled against Logan Thomas two weeks ago. Richard Rodgers had a really good game against them last week in the comfort-behind effort from the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think Rob Gronkowski could have a really good week against the Giants. Primetime Monday Night Football 7. Richard Rodgers versus Dallas. Like I said, Carson Wentz loves to target this position. And last week, he had success against the Giants. He had a lot of success. And he didn't ball into the end zone, but 
I think Richard Rodgers versus Dallas team, that's just is terrible all around in terms of their defense. A team that is about middle of the pack against giving up the fantasy points to the tight end position, I guess you could say. But I, I still like this matchup. There's no Zach Ertz. There's no Dallas Goddard. You should probably pick Dallas Goddard up if he is, if you have an IR spot and he's on your wire because he's going to come back soon, possibly after the buy. Their buy is next week. So if you have a spot, an IR spot, pick him up, put him there, stash him, especially if you're a tight end needy team. But I like Richard Rodgers at 7-8. Noah Font against the Chargers. They get the host of the Chargers and FAMP. Somebody who hasn't necessarily lived up to it quite yet, which is unfortunate. I think his skill set is definitely there. He's somebody that is incredibly talented in general, and he's been dealing with injuries. He's just been banged up quite a bit throughout the season, and even now a little bit. He had seven targets last week. Hasn't done all that much with it, but his skill set's just too good to kind of ignore. Nine, Hunter Henry at Denver in that same game. Hunter Henry isn't spry, but he's somebody who can score touchdowns, has a really good quarterback who has an absolute gun. He's not going to make a lot of players miss, but Hunter Henry comes in at 9-10. TJ Hawkinson versus Indianapolis, a really good defense, but TJ Hawkinson was the hero last week at Atlanta, caught that game-winning touchdown pass. His target share has been somewhat frustrating, and I can understand why people would be concerned, but the, the current landscape of the tight end position, I think you have to be starting someone like TJ Hawkinson unless you have some of the better options like Travis Kelsey, which it's possible that you do. He had six targets and five targets in the last two weeks, which is actually solid, but there are more games, have been games, where he has had one catch, two catches, and a touchdown, and you don't want to rely on touchdown dependency, but it's that's kind of the landscape of this tight end position again 11 robert tunyon versus minnesota very frustrating last week what happened to tunyon if anybody saw that game josiah deguara had a touchdown jay sternberger had a touchdown tunyon only had two targets but i think that's going to get right against minnesota it's a little bit of a risk that's why i have him a little lower but i kind of like tunyon this week hopefully he can figure that out 12 jared cook at chicago 13 evan ingram versus tampa bay 14 trey burton at detroit you hope that Detroit could be somewhat competitive and lead to Phillip Rivers throwing a little bit more, which I'm sure the Colts don't want to do, but that will lead to more targets for Trey Boo Boo, Trey Burton, who I think can, who has been since he came back, somebody who's been targeted a lot and who's found success and who's gotten in the end zone. That's why he comes at 14. Then 15, Hayden Hurst, which is a Thursday night football game at Carolina. And then just to round it out, I have Harrison Bryant right after that versus Las Vegas. He's not going to be scoring two touchdowns every week, but Baker Mayfield does rely on the tight end position. And with no hunt, uh, Austin Hooper, I think Harrison Bryant could be a solid replacement option there. 17, Mike Gesicki versus the Rams. Not confident in Gesicki because he's goose-egged you in the past, but he's always somebody who can find his way into the end zone. We are not really sure how Tua Tagovailoa is going to handle the tight end position. There's a little bit of a risk there as well. Jimmy Graham versus New Orleans. Touchdown dependent. Herb Smith at Green Bay. Somebody that you think may be able to step in to a more prominent receiving role. They've been trying to work him into that, but doesn't give you any confidence. And then Eric Ebron versus Baltimore to round out the top 20. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. And please have a lovely day. Best of luck in your fantasy matchups.